65 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks in spot. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah! What's up? What do you think about Friday, huh? What do you think about the fact that it is Friday? That temperatures are nice outside somewhere in the neighborhood of what? I don't know, mid-upper 50s. And I can look out the window right now and see sunshine and blue skies. Good gracious alive! And we're going to have more sunshine this weekend. I don't even know how to handle it. I was at my daughter's school earlier today. I went there um, to read Green Eggs and Ham from Dr. Seuss to their second grade class. So I got to read to them. They were all dressed in green and everything's really cool. And I walked out. As I was walking out, there was a UPS man that had made a speedy delivery. And we were walking out on the front steps of the school together. And he said, come on out here and enjoy this sunshine. I said, man, I know it. I said, I bet you riding with the windows down. He goes, well, our windows are always down. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> but we got to talking about how starved for sunshine we are here in the state of Mississippi. And dadgummit, I've got some right now. Uh, Roger, and I think I, I made a promise that I did not come through on. And I don't know. I may have to do it next week from the state of Alabama or something. But I think I told you a while back, I said, the first time we get weather up there that's kind of warm and the sun pops out during the radio show, I'm going to pick up this equipment. I'm going out back. We're going to string the cables up back there. And we're just going to do the show outside. We're going to listen to the birds tweet and all that kind of stuff. Well, today would have been a good day, but I was not uh, forward thinking enough. (laughs) So here I sit in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. I told you my daughter's second grade class was all dressed in green for uh, Dr. Seuss Day, Green Eggs and Ham Day. It was really cool to be there with them earlier today. And so, uh, yeah, I do too. I I really enjoy it. I enjoyed reading that to them. So I'm in the spirit as well. I I busted out my green uh, mesh country pleasing sausage hat for the viewers at home that are watching on Facebook (laughs) and watching on Twitter and and Periscope and will watch this later. This is mesh. I thought you were going somewhere else. No, it's green. Yeah, it's the (laughs) mesh on the back of the trucker type hat, you know, so it's gray on the front with that country pleasing big red hog logo on the front of it there. And the mesh on the back is green that says country pleasing. So I'm going all Dr. Seuss today also. You're the ham. I'm the ham. (laughs) That's exactly right. Speaking of, that's what makes country pleasing sausage the best you have ever put in your mouth is because there's no parts. Ain't no junk in there uh, that goes into the making of this. It is made of hand-picked hams, bacons, pork loins, 
And that's why it tastes the way it does. Better than anything else you've had. Try it, country please. Speaking of that, send me a text today on the country please and text line. It's 885-ESPN. You got it? 885-ESPN. That's the number to text the show on the country please and text line. 885-ESPN. If you need the number, it's 885-3776-601 area code. And uh, you can call me. Love to hear your voice today on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. Time for a mower. They've got great financing. They've even got a program there at Divinity called the Mow Now, Pay Later plan, where you don't make a payment for five months. Now, isn't that a great deal? So hit me up on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. Again, 601-995-1059. We'll talk about whatever y'all want to talk about here on this Friday. Now, I did not um, anticipate starting this way, but as you know, earlier this week, the show that comes on right before this one, The Gridiron with Chris Brooks and uh, Ben Beaver, uh, they're in Jackson on WRKS 105.9 The Zone. They, they had some days where Chris was out, he's covering high school basketball, and on those days it was quite odd because... Roger, you and I would come on the air here to start our show, and there was really nothing going on before it. It was just a different, totally different feeling. It's like starting fresh. It's like you're the first show of the day. It's kind of what it feels like, even though it's not the case. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of days have been back to normal, where, you know, like I sit down here, I put in the headphone or earbuds or headphones or whatever, start listening in, get the connection going with y'all there at the zone, and I can hear the latter portions of the gridiron. And sometimes things they say, then it bleeds over onto this show. And the next thing and you know, it, yeah. Yeah, right, it's good, right, it just, it oozes over into our hour. <laughs> I'm kidding. Splatter pattern. <laughs> anyway, it'll like, you know, we'll follow through on our show. And again, I didn't necessarily plan this, but I sat down and I happened to hear Chris say that he goes to message boards, Mississippi State and Ole Miss message boards. He was saying that there was some topic on a message board somewhere about radio shows and about, you know, what? Uh, what, what did he say? You know, I guess basically p- people getting on a message board which they do it anonymously, anonymously, they use screen names, which I have zero respect for. They don't actually go out there and be who they are. And they either talk about which ones they like or they criticize the ones they don't like and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't see it. This is Chris talking about this stuff. And you know how I feel about the whole anonymous Twitter deal. Like somebody gets out here on Twitter and they use some alias or some screen name to hide, to very intentionally hide behind when they want to say stupid things or criticize people or whatever. I got no respect for that. They're backboneless, spineless people. Well, that also goes for message board posters. They don't use, they don't talk about who they really are. Now, there's not all of them. A lot of them, they may have a screen name, but they say who they are. They put their name on it, whatever, that kind of thing. But it's mostly nameless, backboneless, spineless people that get on message boards and don't represent who they really are. They use some screen name. They hide behind it, all that kind of stuff. 
Message board warrior. Right. That that whole thing. So I heard him talking about it. But then he said, and he directed it right at me because I texted him about it on the Country Pleasing text line. And he directed it right at me. And he said, I had an idea, though, Matt. He said, I my idea was we look over and look through the message boards each day, find the worst posts we can find, the dumbest thing that's been posted on a message board we can find, and we bring it to the radio and put it on Front Street. <laughs> you know, just put it out there. Good idea. Everyone. I like it. You know, I might. Well, I haven't really thought of that, but that's not a bad idea. Now, because... When you come to think of it, if we knew who the person was and we had their actual name or picture or something along with it, say like Facebook, for instance, we probably wouldn't do that because we're not out to just make somebody feel stupid. (laughs) But since it's a message board and it's already backboneless, spineless people that won't even be who they really are or are afraid to or I don't know. Then if we bring it here and we really have a good time at their expense, we highlight their stupidity, then we really aren't damaging anybody personally because we don't know who they are. So, Chris, I know you're listening. You're probably thinking, right? you got the wheels turning. Chris, what I'm saying is I'm willing to go into that with you. If the, Not that you need me to. Now, if you want to just do it on your show, you go ahead and I'll listen. That'd be great. They have a great show, by the way. But if you want me to help out with that, I, I actually would go in on that idea. I, I thought sure you would. were building up to a, a good example that you had picked something out already. Yeah. Well, but see, my thing is, like, I don't have any memberships to any of these message boards that you have to pay uh-huh. to go to. And, and most of them you have to go pay. Now, there's a couple of free ones, but I just got out of the habit of looking at message boards probably in the neighborhood of three to four years ago just because I got to a point where – it's kind of like going to a different planet on some sci-fi movie where you go and you land on the planet and you're walking around, you're just looking for any sign of intelligent life. (laughs) And after a little while, you're like, I'm just wasting my time here. I might as well just go back to Earth because there's no intelligent life forms here on this planet. And that's basically how I wound up feeling several years ago about message boards, and I just abandoned them altogether. It's lonely at the top of the bell curve. Is that where we are, Roger? <laughs> I'm glad to know that's where we Just are. The slightly above average. All right. Well, look. <laughs> the slightly above average. I'll take it. Okay? I'll take it. There's a big chunk of folks in there. It beats the alternative. Oh, yeah. All right? You know? <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Uh, there's a lot to get to. I've got some questions popping up over here on the Facebook live stream, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Uh, I got a tweet or two to get to on Twitter at Radio Wyatt. And then here on the country, please, and text 885-ESPN, some stuff. So let me let me jump in here. First of all, Real C. Collins over on Twitter said, he mentioned me and Chris, and he said, being critical of and alienating posters and tweeters, et cetera, has already been done. The morning show beat you to it, fellas. And then Chris responded and said, hey, Matt, I'm in. And tell Roger that there's ample content there to pull from. Roger, I mean, as you, I'm sure you can imagine. Now, Chris, I will tell you, I'm not going out here and getting a subscription to any message boards. I don't, I'm not paying for that. I don't currently, and I'm not going to. I have no reason to. Um, I, you know, 
it it would be about the same as me going out here and getting maybe a hundred bucks and taking out a match and lighting fire to it and watching the hundred dollar bill burn up. So if you have a membership or if you have the 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 ability to get the stuff, let's brainstorm on it. But one thing I'm not going to do is go pay for it. Just not doing it. Okay. Here's like paying the, the waste management to bring garbage to your house. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Like you're paying a garbage service and you look out and every Tuesday and Friday, they just take your garbage can and dump it out on your driveway and then sit it back down. I mean, that's basically what it would be. And your neighbor's stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, their stuff, too. It's basically what it would be like playing, uh, paying for. All right, country please and text line 885-ESPN. Leon's, he's in Brandon. He says, Matt, I'm not going to lie. That intro never gets old. I get goosebumps hearing Jack Crystal's play-by-play voice. And do you ever hear from Matthew Butler? You know, I did. We kept up there for a while, but we kind of lost contact a couple of years ago. I reached out to Matt at some point with the number, the old number that I used to have for him, and this was like last year, um, and um, I didn't hear back from him, so he may have gotten a new number. I need to, I need to track him down. But last I heard, Matt was living, uh, living in the Baton Rouge area, working there, and, and, and doing pretty well. Three hump camel on the country, please, and text. The worst take on a message board is probably the very last thing that was posted. <laughs> Really, it just kind of goes downhill, huh? You start in the morning and... And Tyler on the text line says, 90% of message board fodder shows up on Twitter for free. Put out an APB on Twitter and let your followers bring dumb takes to you. Now, that's that. That's sort of delegating the work. That's a good idea. You know, or what? Like, text. they could text it to the show, Chris. They could tweet it to us. Yeah, like a screen it and put it right in our text we can we can see images that's exact that's exactly what I was going to say Roger they could screenshot something from a message board and send it to us yeah, make why sure not screenshot it where we can read it yeah <laughs> why not uh hey to Henry uh miss Dinah Lynn my mom Kelly Mike Rick a bunch of folks watching over here on the Facebook live stream right now let's see here Kelly says hey Matt Thoughts on Mississippi State baseball injuries and weekend series. Now is a good time to do that. Um, let's let's go ahead and kind of lay out uh, the slate for weekend baseball. So you want to start with Mississippi State. You know, obviously the big news there is the injuries and uh, how that has shaken up the pitching rotation. So what's interesting, if you go back, was it two weekends ago when on this show we learned – that JT Ginn had some type of arm injury. He was going to miss uh, playing time. And we, on this show, began to speculate as to what it would mean going forward. If, I'm sure everybody that listens regularly probably remembers that. Because the first thing out of my mouth was, I start speculating going, well, seems to me what makes sense is everybody would move up. You know, Christian McLeod, your Saturday guy, probably moves up at some point to Friday. Sarantola, your Sunday guy, probably moves up to Saturday, and then you shift whoever your fourth starter. Like if you were to look at it from in terms of major league rotation, you got one, two, three, four, right? You had JT Ginn, Christian McLeod, Eric Sarantola, and then uh, Carlisle Kessler, who's fourth. So you, you, the top guy goes out, you just shift everybody up. The third, the fourth guy moves into the third spot, and you do that. 
Well, that was wrong. And it was wrong immediately because they didn't shift anybody. They just, you know, Ginn was out. They put the fourth guy, Carlisle Kessler, into that Friday night role and left McLeod and Sarantola the last two weeks on Saturday and Sunday. So at the time, it was dead wrong. Well, what they've done now is we were sort of partly correct. Now we're seeing that they're going to shift, like we said, their best starting pitcher on the team right now that's available, Christian McLeod, from Saturday up into the Friday night role, starting today. But they also did not move Sarantola up a day to Saturday. They, they're going to leave him on a Sunday start this weekend. And Will Bednar, who is big, strong, hard-throwing right-hander who'd been coming out of the bullpen, kind of your first guy out of the pen on Fridays and has been, been lights out. He's got a sub-two ERA just like McLeod. He's going to go from bullpen guy to now get his first start. He's going to start tomorrow in the Saturday game. So it's just, you know, they're shifting around, and it does feel like, to a degree, a little bit of scramble mode. The biggest thing for State, though, has not been pitching. The biggest thing is getting consistent offense, scoring runs, and and uh, the same will be true this weekend. Now, they're playing a team this weekend at State, and Quinnipiac, who has one win on the year, I think they're 1-8 maybe coming into today. And um, State, you know, still a top 20 team and program, very much expected to win the series, sweep it. You know, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But you're playing a team that wins have really been hard to come by for Quinnipiac so far this year. Elsewhere around the SEC, you've got Ole Miss this weekend hosting Princeton. So, it, you know, it's kind of a fun deal there. You got Princeton on the road visiting the Harvard of the South. See what I did there? So that's that's fun. So that's what you have going on. Let's see, am I looking at, yeah, today's games, uh, they've got that listed as a 6.30 first pitch central time. Mississippi State, Quinnipiac is a 4 p.m. first pitch. So those are your um, State Ole Miss series for the weekend. Everybody's three-game series this weekend. Elsewhere around the SEC, Number one team in the country, Florida. They are hosting South Florida this weekend. LSU is hosting UMass Lowell this weekend in Baton Rouge. Missouri hosting Western Illinois. Uh, 19th ranked Auburn. They're coming off a sweep last weekend of Wright State. 19th ranked Auburn is hosting Chicago State this weekend. That same Wright State team that got swept by Mississippi State, got swept by Auburn, they are on the road at Tennessee and Knoxville this weekend. South Carolina is hosting Cornell. So somewhere Andy Bernard is really tickled about that one, I'm sure. Maybe he can hit the road and go on a road trip. This is a fun series out in Los Angeles. It's the Southern California College Baseball Classic round-robin type deal. And so tonight it'll be an 8 p.m. Yeah, I think it'll be an 8 p.m. Central first pitch. Second-ranked Vanderbilt at... Sixth-ranked UCLA. So that's a really cool deal. Texas A&M's hosting New Mexico State this weekend. Alabama's hosting Lipscomb there in Tuscaloosa. Alabama's improved, but not ranked yet. Georgia, fourth-ranked team in the country, hosting UMass. And then you have 13th-ranked Arkansas hosting uh, South Alabama this weekend. Let's see here. Um, didn't did, Am I seeing this right? We had a, um, a Southern Miss update from Kendall Rogers, but... Uh, I'm trying to pull that up, but I can't seem to pull it up. But he had a tweet about Gabe Shepard, <clears throat> uh, the right-handed pitcher for Southern Miss, 
but I can't see all of it. It's one of those deals where they've got a video on the D1 website. It's kind of blocking his tweet, but he had an update about his health uh, at any rate. Now, so, yes, Southern Miss is a team that a little little injury bug as well, not to the extent that Mississippi State has uh, uh, suffered to this point in the year from injuries, but they're a little banged up too. Southern Miss is hosting uh, Arkansas Little Rock this weekend. First game tonight. There at Pete Taylor Park. And so, you know, there you go. That's a look. Here's the update from Kendall Rogers. He said, this is a couple days old. He said, right-handed pitcher Gabe Shepard for Southern Miss, who left last week's start after two innings with some uh, arm soreness. Good news for Southern Miss fans. His test came back clean. He gets as much time as he needs to get back to 100%, but whatever he's going through is nothing serious. And so Gabe Shepard, a big-time pitcher for Southern Miss, uh, maybe not 100% right now, or it wasn't at least in terms of earlier this week, but he will be back on the mound at some point for Southern Miss. So that's good news for them. All right, so that's how the baseball weekend shakes out. Miss Dinah over here on the Facebook stream says, let's talk about Mississippi State women's hoops. Let's do it because you have the SEC women's tournament going on. Who is it? Is it LSU? Who's up first for State? Who had the first round by State? Is there... Um, they're going to look for a way to win that SEC Women's Tournament. If they can, they will defend. Looking for back-to-back titles as they are coming off having won it last year. So we'll talk about that. A lot of basketball to keep up with this weekend as well. A bright, sunny day on this Friday. Y'all stick around. All right, just getting started here. Hour one underway with you on this Friday. You made it to the weekend. Congrats. Congratulations. Hey, do you want to sleep better? You can with a mattress from Nest and Wild. Hey, check it out. Uh, my family, we've got one. It's in the box. It came. It's a California king that came in this box that you, you look at it and you can't believe there's a mattress in that box. But, you know, it's one of those where it's going to inflate sort of uh, when we ultimately open it. But uh, Nest and Wild is a Mississippi company that are delivering really high quality mattresses right to your doorstep. Mattresses and, and the boxes and everything that goes along with it, 100% American made. When I say, bo- I meant, you know, not, I meant not boxes, but the bases. And what you can do is you can go to nestandwild.com, okay, and order your mattress and use my code. It's code BULLY20, B-U-L-L-Y-2-0. By using that code, BULLY20, you get 20% off your cost of any mattress, any size, and you'll get a free pillow top mattress pad with it. It'll show up on your doorstep in three to five days. And what's cool about it, you get a mattress right now from Nest and Wild. You can sleep on it for up to 99 nights while making a decision. It's a really neat thing. It's a great company. Good folks. I know them personally. 
And uh, look, it comes highly recommended. Okay, that's nestandwild.com. So, Miss Dinah on the Facebook stream, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt, wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the women's tournament. Here's what you need to know if you're interested in watching Mississippi State's women's team defend their SEC tournament title. Um, they're playing it, same place they played it last year, Bon Secures Wellness Arena up in Greenville, South Carolina. They had the first round by. <clears throat> in the play-in games, Auburn eliminated Vanderbilt and got in. Uh, Missouri eliminated Ole Miss and got in. So the first two teams to go home were Vandy and Ole Miss. This is in the women's. And then, that was tech- I say play-in, that was technically the first round. And then what you had yesterday, you had, <clears throat> excuse me, you had LSU advance past Florida, and so that's who Mississippi State will play uh, tonight. 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. So if you're a state fan, you're going to have baseball and women's basketball kind of coinciding going on at about the same time. Baseball starts at 4, women's basketball starting at 5 Central, 6 Eastern. It's 7-seed LSU versus the 2-seed Mississippi State. Look now, though, look. LSU is much improved. They are 20-9 and on the year. State's 25-5. and they played one time earlier this year. It was very early in the SEC uh, season, like maybe week two of the SEC season. Excuse me. And it was a very close game. State won it 64-60. to The only time these two teams have met, that was back on January the 16th, a long time ago. Then it was in Starkville, a four-point game. This is not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination for Vic Schaefer's team tonight, shouldn't be anyway, against LSU. If Mississippi State can advance uh, past LSU tonight, they will face the winner of the Kentucky and Tennessee game. That game takes place later tonight, 7 o'clock, when it's supposed to tip. We'll see when it actually does. Um. The truth about it is the number one seed, South Carolina, they have a, a smooth path right on into the championship of this tournament. They've got uh, they've already beaten Georgia or are beating Georgia right now as we speak pretty handily. They are going to finish Georgia off and move on, and then they'll play the winner of Arkansas versus Texas A&M. And, you know, A&M's pretty decent. They're the fourth seed, but neither one of those teams have a shot at South Carolina, if you ask me. So... On that side of the bracket, South Carolina women, number one, they are 29-1 on the year, number one team in the country. They're going to move through pretty easily. Um, but it's competitive what's in front of State. Even this game today with LSU's women, uh, again, they're 9-7 in the SEC. State is 13-3 in the league. If they get past LSU, then it's either Tennessee or Kentucky. So um, it's not going to be a cakewalk uh, by any stretch. Now, Daniel on Facebook is asking about the men's team. He said, who you got in Mississippi State's uh, men's hoops tomorrow? And do you think Howland will be the coach moving forward? Look, I honestly do. I think Ben Howland, sure. I mean, those teams have left a little bit to be desired at times. And people talk about the consistent effort. It's not like an overall effort. At times, they really give great effort. It's just other times it looks like maybe they don't. But, you know, playing on the road versus at home. But I think when you look at a lot of the challenges and things that have been built in to the situation for Ben Howland at state, he's recruited well. 
He has raised the profile of the program. And just because the expectation was pretty high this year and it was not met, that's not a reason you go in and fire somebody. And so, I, you know, until I see here otherwise, I, it look, I just believe he will be the coach going forward. We'll see. But that's the way it looks to me. Um, tomorrow they're playing Ole Miss. And here's the thing about that. It's a 5.30 Central Time tip-off at Humphrey Coliseum. You know, Ole Miss sitting there at 15-15 and 15 overall in the year. That gives them a chance to finish the regular season above 500 versus below it if they can win. State's still got a lot to play for. You know, win tomorrow, depending on how things shake out ahead of them in some of the earlier games, State may jump into that top four seed at the SEC men's tournament. State's 19-11, and 10-7 in the SEC. And... A week and a half ago, if that's what it was, uh, two weeks ago, when State went to Ole Miss, they just got embarrassed. You know, closed for a little while, even had a first-half lead, and then Ole Miss just blew the doors off that thing. Uh, Bree and Tyree went off, and it, it, it was not a competitive ball game. You know good and well it sticks in the crawl of Mississippi State. They will be ready to play. There will be a better crowd because it's um, – you know, the Saturday before spring break, and uh, it's Ole Miss, final regular season game. How big of a crowd? It still ain't going to be full, but, you know, it'll be a better crowd. You know, what do I think about that ball game? I, I just, based on the matchup before, the way it went in Oxford, how can anybody sit there and predict it? Absolutely a complete toss-up could go either way. If State won it by 10, not Anybody would be surprised, and if Ole Miss goes in there and wins it by 10, nobody would be surprised. That is just the fact of the matter. Gator Nation, says Matt Wyatt, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. <laughs> that was great. That was great. That commercial was fantastic. The Mailman in Jackson says, speaking of the intro, can you break down the play call you make on it? for the ones who didn't learn the language you used. I think we did that one time. Um, may do that. May do that for you today, mailman. True Maroon says baseball starts at 5. What baseball, True Maroon? I hadn't seen any baseball starting at 5 o'clock today. All I've seen is baseball starting at 4. In fact, I'll be in the broadcast booth with Bart Gregory. Um today for the game on the SEC Network Plus. As soon as the radio show's over here at the uh, Farm Bureau studio, I'll be jumping in a car and going to meet him. And the schedule I have says four. A little bit earlier today, the Mississippi State Baseball Twitter account, at Hale State BB, sent out game information and a graphic to go along with it. It shows Kristen McLeod on the mound. It says game day, March the 6th, Friday, four. PM. So, True Maroon, check yourself. If you show up at 5, you're going to be late. <laughs> it's just the way it is. All right. So, the Jackson Mailman wants me to go over the play call on the Matthew Butler play from 1999. Why not? It's Friday. You asked for it. You're going to get it. Coming up next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Wave your phone in the air with the little flashlight on it. Somewhere Jake Wimberley's doing that right now as we speak. Don't stop believing, Jake. Don't stop believing. That's just for you. <laughs> Why does Jake hate that so bad? I mean, and he's been so vocal about it as well. Like, he just can't stand it. What's his deal? I kind of like it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt, back in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Hometown heroes. (laughs) He's mad. Jake's mad. (laughs) He's mad about it. What's wrong, Jake? We like it. They start playing Don't Stop Believing and They've been doing it for like three or four years at State, waving your flashlight on your phone up in the air. It makes a little nice little ambiance around the stadium. Come on, Jake. Get on board. All right. Let's see. I had a baseball nugget here I wanted to pass along to y'all. Speaking of recognizable songs. On this day in 1951... Perennial loser Charlie Brown made his debut in Charles Schultz's peanut comic strip the previous October, appears in his first baseball game. The team's pitcher and the manager, Charlie Brown, fielded a lineup of first baseman Shermie, second baseman Linus, third baseman Pigpen, shortstop Snoopy, right fielder Lucy, center fielder Peppermint Patty, Left fielder Violet, and the catcher was Schroeder, the little kid that played the piano. <laughs> Snoopy's laughing. The first time that Charlie Brown, in a Peanuts comic strip, played a baseball game was on this day in 1951. <clears throat> there you go. Speaking of baseball. Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment, Highway 51 Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. They're the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Jay, hanging on all the way from Baltimore, Maryland. What's up, Jay? Well, hey, Matt, how are you? Well, first of all, I didn't get to listen to the show yesterday, but I did come home and as we were cooking dinner, actually, I played the, the, the podcast, the replay, and uh, I heard the birthday wishes. I, I got a uh, nice uh, laugh out of that. And, of course, the kids thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, whoever, um, whoever alerted okay, me to your birthday, been... whoever alerted me to your birthday, was it was a tweet from someone that said yep. at the end of it, they signed it. It was somebody named Tyrone, who on Twitter is at a 65-year-old lady. And they signed it by saying "hotty toddy." So I don't know what that's all about, but <laughs> but you got one of those also. 
Yeah, it's a good friend of mine from back home in Mississippi. Um, <laughs> yep, I sent him a little text and thanked him for that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, he's he's a big rebel. Good. We, we, we have a lot to talk about, of course. Good. But, um, no, of course, I'm calling because, look, I know there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of talk about JT Gann and his future and what that looks like. And I was going to see if you saw the article yesterday from Baseball America where they highlighted since 1999 there's been three pitchers to undergo Tommy John surgery and get drafted within that year, uh, and all three were in the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was the point. So, you know, a lot of people think that he might be back, but, look, if the surgery goes well, is he really going to have time to to prove how well it went? I'm not sure, but I'm not going to be uh, surprised if a couple of teams uh, take a chance and take him in the first round next year. You know, that's a great point, Jay, because you know good and well that whoever the medical expert experts, doctor or doctors that JT and his family are dealing with, the major league clubs are going to have access to them and to that information. And, and you know, that's right. That's one possibility we really didn't discuss yesterday is, you know, what if where he is and let's just say there was, you know, partial damage in there. He goes and has that surgery. And if two or three teams are really confident in what he is, and now, since they didn't draft him last time, Dodgers did, and now they have a chance to draft him this time, and go ahead and make and go ahead and basically go arm in arm, and we're going to have that relationship with you when you do come back from this injury. Um, it 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 would not be a surprise at all if a team went in there and took him in that scenario that you're talking about, Jay. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. No, and I think it, the decision to go is going to be based on if he does, you know, if he gets that first round. Yeah. If, if not, if it's second or third, he may decide to come back and prove himself. And we've seen, gosh, we've just seen too many guys come back uh, 100%. Um, so, so who knows? My yeah. last question I'll let you go is, um, so when Tanner comes back uh, with a hand injury, I, I, I could possibly see him going back to first base for a little bit. I think there's just probably less risk at first. I feel comfortable with Hatcher out there. I could see them possibly swapping back. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Is it his throwing hand? See, I think you know what I know. You got. I think you guys talked about that and confirmed it yesterday. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. I. I you're right. If it's because he's a right-handed thrower, and if it's throwing yeah. hand, then um, then yeah. You know, maybe goes back to first, Hatcher's out and right, and you eliminate, at least until he gets fully healthy, you can get him back on the field, get him back in the lineup, but you eliminate throwing with that hand until you get it strong. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it could be a possibility. That's one thing, you you know, you could put on the could table. Be. Yeah. Jay, I appreciate it, man. Hope well, we you enjoy all just the... need to remember. Yep. No, thanks, Matt. It's a long season. Long, long season. Let's not get too concerned. Um, look at uh, Arkansas, they're struggling right now. We know they're gonna, not going to end like this, neither is Mississippi State. So big win, big, big series. We'll, we'll get it done this weekend. All Thanks, things. Jay. Appreciate it. And, yeah, I agree with that. LSU in the same boat. LSU struggling, has, lost some midweek games and stuff. They're going to be fine. You know, so the early season baseball will fool you if you put too much stock in it either way. Um Real unnamed texture on the uh, country pleasing text said it's his glove hand. And so if that's the case, if we're talking about his glove hand, that's the left. And if he's a left-handed hitter, that's going to be his top hand as opposed to the hand down on the knob, which maybe you come back a little quicker from that. 
And if it's glove hand, if it's glove hand, I don't know that I put him at first base when he comes back. Put him back out there in left field. Just a thought, but I'm not the coach. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jason in Flagstaff texting the show, and he said, oh, it's play call study Friday, and he wants me to pull one out from 2014 where Dak's running for his life from LSU's defense, then hits Jamie on Lewis all alone for a bunch of yards. He did score. I remember the play. It was where they lost him on the backside of the coverage. I'd have to go back and watch that one, uh, Jason. But your your text on the country please and text is in relation to what the Jackson mailman, uh, he said, speaking of the intro to this show, which you'll hear it in just a little bit in the start of hour number two, can you break down the play call? Um that uh, you hear there, the touchdown of Matt Butler. Yeah, it's actually fairly simple. Um, I think I can remember most, if not all of it. We're four wides. We're basically on the 10 or inside the 10. You're kind of goal line situation, but we stayed in the shotgun and four wides because that had been working for us in this entire two-minute situation. And uh, the, the whole play was built around and predicated on the outside receivers doing a it's a combination that we called 77. Now that's based off the 7 route which is a, a kind of a hard post. Some people might say deep slant. It is more like a deep slant on that end of the field, but technically it's you know you push up to 10 12 and then boom you're inside running at the goal post so the break in post route. And since it's two of them, seven, seven, seventy-seven, both outside receivers running that, where you know they push the corner up. If it's cover three, you picture that. If it's cover three, you get a single safety. They're pushing them up, and they're both running posts. And eventually, gonna if they kept going, they'd meet in the middle of the field out there. So the play was, you know, you call the formation, whether it's right or left, out of four wides, and out, you know the personnel group, and then it's this that. Uh, if there's any motion, I can't remember if we had any motion. I don't think we did. And then we called it 77 with the pass pro. And so it's designed to run that against a single safety in the middle of the field. Like if you're out in the field, I know I've got those posts. They give me single safety. What I'm going to do is read his movement. If if he stays, I'm probably going to go to the wide side of the field based on where the ball is. Or if I can shoulder fake him or anything to move him briefly one way or the other, and then I'll go opposite where the safety is. But it's not really designed to work that well against two safeties if they give you a two-safety look. And that's actually what they gave us. But because we're on a goal line, we don't have timeouts, the clock's ticking down, we just got to run it. And so rather than reading one safety in the middle of the field, I waited for Butler to the right to clear the near safety to him, to clear that safety. And that's when I threw it behind him in the middle of the field and you know, behind the safety, thinking Matt's going to clear and go catch it. The thing is, the other safety on the backside closed down when he saw the ball, and that's who actually hit Matt, and they kind of sandwiched the football together. So the ball should have been thrown earlier, more on time and a little more accurately, and he'd have just been walking in the end zone with the ball. I made it interesting by waiting a little late and bringing him over to the backside safety. How's that? That's fun to talk about in March. We need to do more football X's and O's on this show. Y'all got any ideas? Help me out. Hour two coming up. Stick around. Some